Welcome to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com. So for our latest Burn News podcast, I'm here today with Leah Scott, uh, OBA backbencher, uh, fairly outspoken, although uh, she insists that's just her honest opinion, which is fantastic. Uh, welcome, Miss Scott, and thank you for taking part today. Thank you. Um, we've got the, the big news, and I suppose, at the moment, is just around the corner. We've got the referendum on same-sex marriage. <coughs> Miss Scott is shaking her head. No comment. Um, she's saying no comment. Can I, you, I understand you don't want to comment on your particular position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's go on from that, though, because it's a non-binding referendum. Mm-hmm. So does it actually make any difference to have this referendum, for the, as far as the government is concerned? I think that they have engaged in the referendum because they think that it's the right thing to do and that they actually want to put it to the people, notwithstanding that we've had um, sort of the direction from the court. And um, it's a very, very, very sensitive issue. And I think it's one of those things where the government has decided that they want the people to speak about what they think is the right thing to do. Um, Are you in agreement that there should be a referendum on a minority issue? Is it really a minority issue? I mean, it's something that's important. Well, it's not a majority issue, is it? The majority of people are not lesbian, gay. I I understand that, but in terms of is it uh, a minority issue only because of the number of people or is it a minority issue in terms of the impact? And I think it's a majority issue in terms of impact. I think that um, I think but that The nature of it is if you're a minority you can't hope to win an election or a referendum. That's true. You're absolutely right. But again, I, I, it, while it may be minority in terms of numbers it is majority in terms of impact and in terms of the passion that people feel about it. There's certainly a lot of passion about it. Do you think there'll be a big turnout? You know, I haven't really thought about it one way or the other. I think it probably will. I think it's one of those decisions that people are going to kind of vote with their feet and show how they feel about it. It'll be interesting to see what government does with the with the, with, with the results, whether it will go for a civil, civil union or same-sex marriage. The yeah. Premier's indicated uh, he's in favour of civil unions. Yes, he has <coughs> indicated that. But you're not going to comment on which way you think it will no, go? No, I'm not. Fair enough. Um, you've been pretty critical in the past of, of the government and the OBA. Uh, after the last election, after the last by-election, I beg your pardon, um, somebody, unfortunately it's an unnamed person, um, said the OBA had lost the plot. The quote is, we are so far out of touch that it's ridiculous. What, where do you stand on that position? I think that the by-election between Diallo Rabain and Andrew Simons was not so much a PLP win as much as it was an indictment against the OBA in terms of their inability to really listen and understand the needs of the people. Um, I think that we inherited uh, a tough government. We we vowed to look under the hood and rectify situations. And I think that things were more difficult than we thought that they should have been. But I think that One of the biggest challenges for me, whether I'm in the government or out of the government, is that you have to communicate with people. You have to educate people. We're not always going to be popular, but I think that when you share the information that you have and you you get people to buy in to what it is that you're trying to sell, then it makes it easier all the way around. And I think that we people have said things to us and we just haven't listened. Why is that? 
I think part of it is that we've just been so focused in turning the economy around. And so we've been so focused on the business component that we've neglected the social component. And while I understand that we need the business component to sort of fund the social things that we want to do, there are also things that we can do as a government that don't cost money. Sometimes people just want you to hear them, you know? Because you were quoted as saying in your leaked email, um, your continued ignorance of the cries of the people is nothing but pure arrogance. And it is. Uh, has the arrogance improved? I think that the immigration situation and my leaked email, and I did not leak it, by the way, contrary to what others seem to believe, um, I think that it was kind of an awakening, but I don't know how far awake we really are. And I think that we actually, we're taking baby steps, but we're not taking enough to make people happy. We're baby not, steps in terms of communicating with the community yes. and listening to the community. Yep. Because, of course, the election's probably only 18 months away. Yes, it is. But baby steps probably aren't enough. No, I don't think so. So you, I don't you, think so. Do you think, in your opinion, then, that you risk, you will lose the next election, general election if you don't? Do you know, that's a hard, that's a hard, I can't give you a definitive, definitive answer on that. I think that there are a lot of things that we can do within that time. The question is whether the things that w we do are those that connect us to the people. Right now we're disconnected and, and, and if you, don't, you know, it's like when you plug something in, if you don't have anything connected, it's not going to light up. It's not going to work. So we've got to get connected to the reality of what's going on with people. There are people, the number of people that have come to me and say, Miss Scott, I need a job. Miss Scott, I can't pay my bills. Miss Scott, I can't do this. You know. That's a reality for people. And the truth be told, there are people in government who have never experienced that. Yeah. You know, they don't know what it's like to have their lights turned off or not being able to pay their groceries or taking $300 and having to pay school fees, buy clothes, buy groceries, pay Belco, buy gas, and, you know, just the things that just have you just live in your life. But you, you call that, it's interesting that you call that arrogance, though. Well, do you know, the arrogance is when somebody continues to tell, it's like you're standing on my toe, and I'm saying to you, Jeremy, you're hurting my toe. Jeremy, you're hurting my toe. And you just continue to just ignore me. You ignore my cries. You ignore the fact that I'm in pain. You ignore the fact that I'm telling you this, and you keep on doing it. What do you call that? It's, it's insensitive. It's arrogant. It's, I know what's best for you. Just be quiet and don't worry about it. Well, that's not true. People don't speak out the way that they have spoken out. I mean, I think that since we've been government, we've had more marches than I think in the history of Bermuda. And it has been quite unusual to have that many marches. Yes. And you know why people march? Because they don't think that you're listening. So going back to my original question and your statement saying the OBA government was taking baby steps, what realistically does it have to do then? to turn things around? I think realistically they have got to engage. They've got to engage. They've got to truly listen to people. We've got to create an environment where we can create jobs because people are not working. Um, we've got to be in a place where we can actually support people and whether it's financially or otherwise we've got to be in a place where people actually really people don't, you know what people always say to me? The OBA doesn't care. The government doesn't care. And I don't think it's that we don't care, it's just that we don't display how we care. We don't do a good job in showing how we care. And it's kind of one of those things where 
like in a marriage and you've got a husband that is out and he is just making millions of dollars and he's providing this great life for his family but he's never there and the wife is saying well you know I have all these all these things but I want you what the people are saying is we understand what you're trying to do we understand that you're trying to turn the economy around but you're still not meeting my needs I need you to meet my needs no matter how simple they are and even if you can't meet them could you act like you listen to me and that you care about what I'm saying well, you made your point. It's going to be interesting. And he said it's baby, baby steps. Are, are people listening to you? I think people... I mean, within, within the OBA and government, I'm saying. I would like to think that they are. But are they? Mm, maybe. Only maybe? Maybe. Why is that? I'm a neophyte politician, and I'm not very political, um, and I'm very passionate about doing the right thing and about honesty and transparency. And I think that, you know, the elder statesmen may think that they've got more experience than I do, and that, you know, the things and the ideas that I think are going to bode well for us are not. And maybe their experiences that they've seen. You know that there have been other people who have had sort of the same ideology that I have, and it hasn't resulted in the result that I think that we should be trying to obtain. Did you ever get a reply uh, to the email you sent that was leaked? No. No. The focus actually was not even on the content of the email, which is quite sad. The focus was on who leaked it. The effort was trying to find out who leaked the email and not looking at the content of the email and and what was being said. So nobody which is disappointing. Even thanked you for your for your input. Thanked me? No. no. If they could have caned me, I'm sure they would have. Really? Yeah. Were they that upset? Yeah. Because it's it, it's an exposure. It's an exposure, and it's a it's an exposure from somebody who's on your team that's telling you that you're not playing the game fairly. It's exposure. It could be called dialogue and discourse. I'm surprised you didn't get a reply. Nope. Um. We've touched on this a little bit. Um, your stance on pathways to status, you were very critical of government. Again, I suppose that's because you feel they weren't communicating the issue. Mm -hmm. um, how much of a setback was that for government? I don't think it was a setback at all. I think that it was it was a means for them to sit back and look at process. I, w I am not against pathways for status. Mm -hmm. Let me make that very clear. What I was against was the process and the methodology. And I thought that it was too critical an issue for it to be rushed through Parliament. I also think that um, it was one of those things that you've, you have to engage people. If this was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and there was full employment, people's houses were rented, people working two and three jobs, they wouldn't care about pathways to status. But it's highlighted and it's magnified because people don't have jobs. People are looking for work. It's creating um, status for, for um, the children are Bermudians, and our our Bermudian, and and I don't want to I don't want to offend anybody and try to make a distinction between a paper Bermudian and a born Bermudian because I'm a status Bermudian. I was born in the states, and I've had my status since 2007. So there is no distinction. Once you're Bermudian, you are Bermudian. But you also have to look at the process. You don't want to um, displace the children that are already here. And I just think that we did not do a good job in sort of figuring out the methodology to do this. And one of the suggestions that I had was that when um, status grants were being given years ago, I think there was a maximum of 40 per year. 
So we could have done a quota system, and we could have done it in a palatable way. So what you do is you take the PRCs, and I'm sure the PRCs must be numbered, the certificates must be numbered. So you take the first PRC to the 40th PRC, and you grant status. And while you're granting status, you're watching the economy, you're watching how, the, how it's impacting the economy, um, jobs, everything. If the impact isn't negative or if it's negligible, then the next year maybe you can do 40 to mm -hmm. 70. You know, so And I don't think that people would be averse to that. The other thing is that there are a lot of people that I know that are PRCs that don't want status. They don't right. want it and they don't need it. Right. So... Minister Fahey became a bit of a lightning rod for that, didn't he? Uh, he, he did. He was subsequently moved to uh, tourism. Was that the right decision? To move him to tourism? Mm. To get him out of the limelight, out of the spotlight? Because he was getting quite personal with him, I, I, I sensed. Well, that, I, that's the Premier's decision, and I can't speak on his decision to move him. I think that he did what he thought was the best thing to do in the circumstances. I certainly don't think that keeping in the, him in the position would have done the government any favours. Um, it's... In terms of in terms of race relations, what did you, do you think that did, that issue did for race relations in Bermuda? I think that it highlighted the fact that there are still a lot of issues that uh, are sensitive to both blacks and whites. And it's unfortunate, um, the things that I read and heard that came from both whites and blacks and others. And part of it, I think, is just I don't know if it's, see the thing is I don't know if we really have so much of a race issue as it is a class issue, but the problem is that most of the upper class are white, but there are blacks that, that do have money, and so it translates down to being a race issue. But in any event, there is still, um, you know, the distinction that is made and there's a lot of hatred and venom and it came out. Do you think it's do you think it's settled down again, or do you think it's still there? I think that. Well, it's always there, I guess. It is always there. It's just what brings it to the surface. But is it still as magnified as it was during? I don't think that it's as magnified, but I think that it is something that needs to be addressed. And I don't know how you address it in a way that's satisfactory to both sides. You know, there are, are blacks that think that whites should apologize for the things that have been done to them over the years. There are whites who um, feel that. You can't blame them for being born privileged. They, you know, you, you can't help who you are and, and what you're born into. So that you know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you can't apologize for that. But there's just, it's just, it's it's a challenge, and it's going to be an ongoing challenge. The interesting thing, though, is that the younger generation, like my son and other kids, don't care about race. Right. Yeah. You know, their friends are multicultural and multicolored and so they don't that's a dynamic that they don't focus on and they don't care about they choose their friends based on their interests not on their religion or gender or anything else this is going to crop up again because the panel charged with investigating this is going to make recommendations mm -hmm. um, how do you think that should be handled well it depends on what the recommendations are and once you see what the recommendations are I think the most important thing is listening to the people I think that um, when the recommendations are um, given, that you have to take into consideration what happened, how it impacted us, how it just slowed down the country, the economy, and everything, and um, be a little bit more sensitive with whatever decisions are made going forward. Um, I interviewed um, 
John Crockwell recently for a Bernie's podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, he revealed then that um, he had spoken to members of the PLP about forming, about the possibility of forming a coalition government. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of those talks? Yes. Were you involved in those talks? No, I wasn't involved in the talks, no. Okay, how, how, how did you become aware of the talks? Because Sean and I are friends and we talked about it. Okay, so did you support Sean? Yep. So would you have joined the coalition government? If it had been something that could have been workable, I believe that we should be able to be working together. And one of the things that I don't like about the Westminster system is the combativeness of it. And, you know, I think that at the end of the day, both the government and the opposition want to take Bermuda forward in the best way possible. We want everybody to be successful and able to survive economically. We want people to be able to socialize. And we want the country to be positive and dynamic. And I don't think that differs whether you're PLP, whether you're OBA, whether you're UBP, MLP, or whatever. So, but it does show does show a level of dissatisfaction from your point of view in the OBA's direction. If you were prepared to well, I think it, part of a coalition government, it shows dissatisfaction on both sides because you can't have a coalition with one side and not the other. Well, clearly, but I, I got I distinctly got the opinion that it would be more PLP MPs and OBA MPs. Mm-hmm. I got the opinion that it was going to be a handful of OBA MPs. Oh, okay. I don't know okay. if that's right or not. Can't answer that. But you would have you would have joined the coalition. Would, do you know if um, anybody? I, I was told that it was a constitutional issue that stopped it happening. Um, did anybody approach the governor to talk about it? Not as far as I know, but as I said, I wasn't involved in any of the talks okay. all right. at all. Um, is that in the future? Is that a way to go with a coalition government in Bermuda? Um. It's a possibility, but again, you know, it's every political party, I think, is going to have its own challenges and issues. And so even if you have a group of people that think that they want to work together, the dynamic human personalities and dynamics are going to make it challenging no matter what it is. So you always have to focus on the goal, and the goal is where are we going with Bermuda and where do we want to take Bermuda. And if you can keep that as your focus and not let personalities and other dynamics get into it, then I think that it could work. But I think it's it's a challenge no matter what. Keeping personalities out of politics. Yep. Very difficult. Absolutely impossible. I always wonder, I'm not never sure if it's the Westminster system that's wrong or the people in the Westminster system that make it. I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination. Um, As far as you know, those coalition talks finished for good now? Far, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything. In fact, I haven't heard anything for quite some time. Okay. Um, You were recently moved from your position of junior education minister. What's the future for Leah Scott in in the OBA? Well, for me, I don't need to be a junior minister to do the things that I want to do. Um, I am still working with Wayne Scott in terms of education matters. He actually is going to be away, and I still fill in as his designate for roles when he's not here. Um, I actually am quite interested in early childhood education and the child development project. So I'm going to be working with Sherry Libucci to try to raise the profile of the child development project and do things to make um, the awareness of the of the child development project in the community greater. So I didn't get in politics for money or power or position. I got in politics because I wanted a Bermuda that my granddaughter could enjoy. And so for me, my goal is to do the best that I can for my constituents and for my country. And whether I'm in or out of politics doesn't matter. On that note, Ms. Scott, thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com, your 24-7 Bermuda news source.